Live from the Average Joe Nation studios in St. Clair, Missouri. This is the Average Joe Podcast, a show that proves that in this crazy world, a combination of common sense and a C-plus average is actually a superpower. Sure, he's crazy, but what if he's right? Please welcome your host, Damon Gilbert. All right, let's get right into it. I'm not going to mess around today. This is a this is a big day, big day. It's Monday, the 11th of, uh, or no, the 7th of November. Jeez, I don't know. I'm thinking something else. But anyway, uh, tomorrow's election day, and I got to be I got to be honest with you, folks. I'm I'm not I'm not feeling all warm and fuzzy about this. I'm really not. I got a bad feeling about this. And I'm not a black pill person, and if you don't know what that means. A black pearl person is someone who is always negative and always, I mean, I'm pessimistic. Don't get me wrong. I always look at the, the downer side of things. I, I, the, I, I guess the pragmatic way of looking at, at life. And, uh, you know, when people say, well, the glass is half full, half empty. Mine is, uh, we need a new glass kind of thing. You know, that's the way I look at it. I, I, don't, I don't see positive, negative. I just see, I, I like to basically... Uh, rip it apart and see what's inside. And in this particular case, I think uh, I'm a little skeptical of this whole situation. The Republicans are far too uh, confident they're going to win this. And I find it odd that more than one person, now mind you, Joe Biden doesn't have a clue where he's at. Uh, I'd say 97.5% of the time. But he does have the, he did have someone whisper in his ear, yeah, and be sure and tell everyone that we don't think the Republicans are going to accept the outcome of the election this week, the midterms. We don't believe they're going to uh, to accept them. Now, if you're going to win big and and you know grab back your uh, the majority of the House and possibly the Senate, why wouldn't you accept those those um, uh, results? Someone has told him to say that. I heard Barack Obama say it. You've got Hillary Clinton coming out and saying that the Republicans are going to steal the election in 2024, which I find is just hilarious because she's already denying an an election that hasn't taken place yet. But I and many other people across the, uh, the country, probably many of the people who are listening to this right now, do not believe that the Republicans lost the 2020 election, that Trump won that election. But we are we are. We are grouped into a group of conspiracy theorists, and we're called deniers, election deniers. And Stacey Abrams can, uh, uh, in Georgia, can uh, claim that her election for governor was uh, was stolen and it was uh, um, illegal, and it was taken from her. That's okay. We can file lawsuits based on that. Absolutely no evidence whatsoever, and that's okay. And we can talk about the 2016 election and say that the Russians stole it, and that's why Trump had four years in the White House. That's all okay. But if you question the 2020 election, you're, you're considered a conspiracy theorist and a lunatic. Okay, so now, fast forward to 2022 in the midterms. The Democratic Party, uh, some of them are already conceding defeat. I find that amazing. Um, but... They're also saying, hey, we don't think the Republicans are going to accept the uh, outcome of this election. Folks, now, I, again, I don't want to be a, you know, a downer here and a, and a negative person, 
But the old saying, fool me once, you know, fool me twice. I, I got nobody to blame for myself, right? So they did it in 2020. We all know that. What would stop them from doing it again? And I don't mean the election, the election as a whole, but they're going to steal some of these. I, I have read articles. I have read, I have seen insider information through my, through my uh, uh, browsing through the internet over the past 10 days. Uh, sites that I know and trust, people that I know that are on the up and up. And I've seen more than one occasion some of these people, now these are prominent, prominent podcasters, prominent journalists, who are being warned. And emails are coming into them. People warning them, saying, hey, I'm from Canada. I was paid to drive ballots to Pennsylvania. Ballots that have already, you know, fake ballots. I was paid to do this. I've heard this more than once. So, at the very least, I believe that Fetterman, Mr. Slingblade, uh, is going to win in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz will not win in Pennsylvania. I don't believe so. That is one of the races I think that they're going to steal. Now, here's the thing. They stole in 2020. No one did anything. There was some pissing and moaning, and, we were cr- and we're still crying about it today. But nothing like what, what went on down in Brazil, where you've got millions of people in the streets protesting. They know that's not going to happen. They know we'll piss and moan for a little while, and then we'll get over it, and we'll start looking towards 2024, which they've already, they've already uh, uh, you know, warned us. Hillary Clinton's come out and warned everyone that Republicans are going to steal the election in 2024. Folks, it's a really sad, it's a really sad time in the history of America where you cannot, under any circumstances, because of all the corruption, because of all, I, I really think things are going to go sideways. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen if they do, in fact, steal this election. I don't, I don't know. Will, will there be civil unrest? I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's going to be one of the most, I, I hope, we got what okay. I warned something, I warned you about something over the weekend or prior to the weekend. I thought there would be civil unrest prior to the election so that Joe could put the uh, he could call for a national emergency and put the elections off. That did not happen. I, again, I didn't say it was going to happen, I said it was a possibility. I am really worried about this one. I got a bad feeling about this. I really do deep down in my bones. I think this is, I, I do believe. Now, I could be wrong again, and I hope that I am. I hope it goes off without a hitch. I hope that the Democrats win 50 seats in the House and three or four seats in the Senate. I hope that happens. I'm still betting that will. If the election is held and there's no one, you know, there's no shenanigans, no screwing with something, I believe that's the way it'll, it'll, it'll come out. I really do. I really do. I think that's, I think that's the best we can hope for at this point. They'll call that a red tsunami, and rightfully so. Uh, usually, uh, an incumbent president in a, in a midterm election loses uh, control of Congress. That's almost always the way it works. But this is a different time. This is a different age. We've got, we've got different players uh, engaged in this. We've got people who were involved in the last steal, and I think... I, it will not surprise me if they don't if they do it again. It really won't. I hope that doesn't happen, but I'm just warning you ahead of time. 
don't get too excited about this. They've already warned us that we won't know on election day, you know, the results. Yeah, that's funny because you, we found, you know, Brazil was able to count all of their votes. I mean, not a third world country, but they're certainly not one of the most um, technologically advanced in the world. We, on the other hand, supposedly put a man on the moon with technology that basically rubbing two sticks together. You know, so we've, we've come a long ways. And you're telling me that a, a country like this cannot project a winner at, uh, on election day, on election night. I find that amazing. So they're already warning you. They're already giving you warnings. Uh, up Chuck Todd even said that uh, yesterday on Face the Nation. He said, we won't know the, the results of the, uh, the election in, on, on election night. So they're already doing that. There's, there's, there's whispers in the background. If you pay attention, they are warning us. They're letting us know that they're going to do everything in their power to steal this election. And folks, I tell you, our democracy, they, they keep talking about our democracy is in, is in jeopardy. And they point at the Republicans because we want a fair and an honest election. That's not what the Democrats want. It's not how they play. That's not how they do it anymore. They play, they play, they play rough. They, play, they don't play fair. And they are one of the most corrupt group of people I've ever seen. They, they make, they make uh, uh, Russia look like these guys are playing, playing uh, softball. These guys don't mess around. So for me to stand here and say that we're going, well, this thing is all tied up, uh, we can expect you know, investigations into Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in the coming months. I'm not, I'm not going to stand there and say that. That's, I cannot say that with a straight face. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I am really worried about this. All I can say is be sure you go out and vote. I know in Missouri it's not as big of a deal because I think uh, Schmidt is probably going to win the Senate seat. Uh, there are a lot of uh, amendments on, on the ballot. I, I recommend voting against all of them. I don't trust these people anymore at a state, a local, or certainly not at a national level. I, I really don't. And uh, I think the entire system needs to be burned down and we start over again. I really do. I think we just should just do away with it completely and start from scratch. I think that would be the best way to go. We're talking about 21st century technology here, and you can't trust whether or not your vote is going to be counted. What does that tell you about the world we live in today? It really is sad. And again, I'm not here to be Debbie Downer, but a person has to be realistic. You can't just walk around acting like everything's great and hope for the best. You can't. You can't. But what is our alternative? What is our alternative? And I know people are asking that. Well, what should we do? I really don't know. That's above my pay grade. I just know that they're going, to, they're going to do everything in their power to steal this election from us. That's what they're going to do. I, I feel it in my bones. I, 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 uh, I mean, I'm not Nostradamus here. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I've seen into the future. But, you know, if, if, if uh, experience is any teacher, I think I should be a little skeptical of to, uh, tomorrow's events, right? Shouldn't we all be? You know, I, I, I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's going to be epic. I really do. And I don't mean that in a good way. I would like to think that it's going to be held and there's not going to be any issues at all. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't.
I don't have a good feeling about this, and I apologize for that. I wish I did. I really do. I, I'd, I'd love to be a little more positive about this. Now, getting back to another subject, I think I want I wanted to explain something to you, and you may not be aware of this because I wasn't aware of it either. And it's about the diesel fuel shortage we've got. They keep saying we've got 25 days left. Now, that sounds bad, right? That, that really does. It, 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 the thing that I find interesting, and in most of these articles, no one goes into any explanation of why there's only 25 days left. Now, does that mean at the end of 25 days we're not going to have any uh, diesel fuel left? No, that's not what that means. What that means is that's a buffer zone. That's, that's our, that's our uh, surplus that we've got. We're down to 25 days. That's, that's unusual because back in 1951, we had 102 weeks of buffer, okay? That, that, that is huge. That was in 1951. Of course, in 1951, there were only 150 million people in the country. <coughs> Excuse me. Today, we've got over 300 million. Today, 2020, we've got a 25-day supply of a buffer. That's all we've got. I mean, we've got skyrocketing prices. Why is that? Why do we have skyrocketing prices? Well, it's a law of supply and demand, of course. Now, the Northeast is the one that's going to get hit the worst. Right now, in the Northeast, the average, now this is in Allentown, Pennsylvania. You know, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and you know, uh, uh, many songs have been written about it. It's supposed to be the working man's, <clears throat> the working man's city, which, you know, Bruce Springsteen talks about until he became a billionaire, and, you know, that all went by the wayside. Uh, $6 per gallon right now in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, the rest of the country is paying $4.70 per gallon. Yeah. Now, you and I both know, if you know anything about transportation or anything about how the, the system works, diesel moves the world. It just does. There's no getting around it. You can't do away with it. I know the Biden administration wants to go with solar and, and, uh, and wind power and all the nonsense that the Green New Deal, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Diesel moves the world. You're talking about the ships running on it. You're talking about transportation on the ground. You're talking about agriculture, manufacturing, eating homes. Okay? We're talking about all that. Every truck that moves is a diesel truck, usually. The vast majority of them are. Some is moved by, by gasoline engines, but nonetheless, it's still an oil, bot- uh, oil byproduct. Now, what, what is an electric truck move? Nothing. Nothing. Don't let them kid you. It doesn't move anything. It's all done by diesel. Shipping costs, okay? That's where, that's where the inflation comes from. Shipping costs, because when shipping costs more, when transportation costs more, everything goes up. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, all right? <clears throat> what happened to cause this? What, what is the main reason for this? Well, there's several, but they all happen basically about the same time. Where do we get most of our diesel fuel from? Do you know? Well, we used to get it from Russia. We got a huge chunk of our supply from Russia. But now, as of in April, because of the Biden administration, we get zero big goose egg from Russia. You think that didn't hurt our our supplies? Of course it did. All over this Ukrainian invasion that has nothing to do with the United States. Mr. Biden, you know, 
the 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 resident in chief, the resident in chief, he decided that we're going to sanction Russia. We're not going to buy any of their their diesel fuel. Yeah, you've heard the old saying, "Cut your nose off to spite your face." This is a classic example of that. I understand he's not happy with what Russia did invading another country. Isn't that funny? Nobody said anything about it when we invaded Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, 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 Libya, Tunisia, Syria. Oh, we're supposed to. That's we're supposed to take that because we're the good guys. It's it's ridiculous. Here's the other thing. The U.S. Now you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this is actually exporting diesel to Europe and Latin America. Did you hear me right? We are actually in the process. We don't keep all of it. We don't. It's sold to the highest bidder. That's the way it works. It's capitalism. So we are short on diesel. So instead of the diesel staying in the United States, the, the, the diesel that we produce, we are literally exporting it to Europe and Latin America. The whole world's in trouble. It's who pays the most. That's what it boils down to. Now, I remember a couple of years ago, we were called, we were, um, Trump was saying we were energy independent and we were producing more oil than we were importing, which is a fantastic thing. I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. I think it's wonderful. The price of gas was down. The price of diesel was down. Everything was going good. There was an abundance of oil. There was a, not a glut, but I mean, there was more of it than we actually needed. And now, two years later, we have a shortage of it. What happened? Was it the oil companies got greedy? Is that what happened? Is that what happened? That's what Biden keeps talking about. He keeps talking about these greedy oil companies. They're making all kinds of money, and they're not, you know, they need to lower their prices. And, and they, this idiot in the White House, he is so clueless. He thinks that the gas stations, the, the, the uh, convenience store you go to when you buy your fuel, that they need to lower their prices. That's who, the, the, he's pointing the fingers at the suppliers and the distributors and, and the, end, the end user, basically. Not you, not the person putting the, the, the fuel in their tank, but the, but the person who's, who's actually that last step before it goes into your gas tank. He's blaming them. You know how much the average profit there is on gas at, say, your, your local mobile or your local uh, uh, convenience store? It's around two cents per gallon. That's it. They don't make money on that. They make money on you coming in and buying a sandwich and a soda that are marked up so high that you can't believe it. That, that's where they make their money. They don't make it on the fuel. See, that's where Biden is completely oblivious. He is so dense. They have no energy policy whatsoever. They really don't. So what is causing this? Number one, Russia. Not, not, I'm not saying it's Putin price increases. It, I'm not saying that. We had the opportunity to continue to buy diesel fuel from Russia, even though he had invaded Ukraine. So Biden decided to do away with that. That hurt our supply immediately. Number two, and this is the most important one. This is the one that they don't talk about on Fox or CBS, ABC, NPR. They don't talk about that. They want to use fear porn 
and try to scare the crap out of you by saying that we've got 25 days left of diesel fuel. That's what they're trying to do. The biggest problem here, the biggest problem, is refinery capacity. It's too low for the demand. We do not have enough refinery capacity to produce what we use. Now, why is that? Why is that? Well, there's, there's a, the biggest reason is because of this attack by the Biden administration on the energy, energy sector. When he came out and said he was going to do away with petroleum products and do away with oil, that right there tells you everything you need to know. Why in God's name would you invest? Now, now mind you, you've got, you've got uh, these huge oil companies with a lot of money. There's no doubt about it. A lot of money. They are. They're making record profits because suddenly the commodity that they've got in their hand is worth more. And what, they're supposed to just give it away? No. You get whatever the market will bear. That's just the way it works. And of course, they're making record profits. Right? So, we right now, we are at the lowest output. of The refiners are at their lowest outputs since 2015. That's seven years ago, folks. Seven years ago, we have, we have dropped back. What happened was in 20, 2013, 2014, we started, uh, it started building up. Trump got into office. Production jumped because he was a pro-fossil fuel president. He said, we're going to become energy independent. So the, the, uh, the oil company said, great, we'll start investing some money in this because we can expect a profit, a return on our investment. Okay. Yeah, expensive. And then, we, and then we get Biden in office, who says he's going to go to war with you. Well, what happened? These refineries are not cheap to build. You're talking, about, you're talking about millions upon millions of dollars. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. You're, you're talking about an investment that's not going to show a profit for 15 to 20 years. Now, why would I as an oil company, decide that it was a good idea to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in a new refinery that may never make it to 20 years. We may get shut down by the Democratic Party. They may, they may do away with us. Why would I invest that? Why would I do that? I wouldn't. That's what the problem is. There are no new refineries planned in the next five to six years. None. None. There's no, no, no plans to bring new ones online. What, 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 what are we going to do, guys? This, this gas and diesel fuel are going to do nothing but get more expensive. Is that the plan of the Biden administration? I think, it, I think the New World Order wants this. That's what I believe. Gas will do nothing but get more expensive. And this problem that we've got right now is not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. There's no incentive to build these things. Right now, this, this political environment is pushing people not to invest in that. 
this new green deal that Biden was all on. It's it it's absolutely running this country. It it's this attack on fossil fuels. They want to shut down fossil fuels. He said that the other day. He came right out and said that. We're going to do away with coal. They had to backtrack on that because he said something out loud that we all know is true. They had to backpack. They had to the, uh, backpedal on that. So you've got, you see, you've got two major problems right now. Two major problems. We cannot get, well, there's actually three. We cannot, we are not getting uh, a supply of diesel fuel from Russia. The world market is demanding more. Everybody's scrambling for diesel fuel. So naturally, if they're willing to pay more, they're going to get it, no matter who the manufacturer is. That's just the way it works. There's really no, there's no um, loyalty when it comes to the almighty dollar. Uh, Chevron, uh, BP, they're going to sell to whoever pays the most. I mean, it makes sense. Why would you, in a business that you're in or, or someone you know is in, why would they sell to the guy who's offering less? You're not going to do that. You're just not. And we have no way to refine any more than we're doing right now. Some of these refineries, I don't know if you're aware of this, but most of them are located in the Gulf Coast, out in the Gulf of Mexico, off Louisiana, off Alabama, in those areas. Some of these refineries that we've got are 100 years old. And, and, and they're running at full capacity to try to keep up with the demand right now. Now, at some point, they're going to have to be shut down for maintenance. And what happens then? Our 25 days buffer that we've got may be cut in half. And suddenly you've got 12 days. And then what happens if we have like a, uh, oh, say we have a hurricane in the, in the Gulf Coast or, or some other major uh, natural catastrophe? We are screwed. It has nothing to do with oil. I want everybody to understand this. There's plenty of oil out there. Now, Biden, is, he, he, he swears that he's uh, not allowed any more drilling. And again, why would you invest millions of dollars in uh, an oil, uh, 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 drilling an oil well that you don't know you're ever going to be able to use? It takes years to get these things online. But right now, because you don't know that what he's going to do, what his next move is going to be. That's the problem. We have plenty. We do not have the capability to refine this oil. And that is our biggest problem today. Because nobody wants a refinery in their backyard. I don't blame them. I mean, it's that NIMBY system, you know, not in my backyard. So who wants a big refinery with steam coming out and, and smells and all that? So you don't want that. You don't want that. So America thinks we're going to turn around and go all to electric. Well, we're not going to do that. We're just not. The grid isn't capable of handling that. So this problem is not going to go away. Okay? It's just not. We've got some serious issues uh, in this country. And this is one of the serious, most serious. It's even worse than the election. Because I don't know, at the end of the day, if you're going to be able to convince or turn people around to go back to fossil fuels. You've got this, this, this lunatic contingent of the left wing who are just absolutely steadfastly uh, opposed to any kind of fossil fuels. I mean, they don't mind having a cell phone, driving a, you know, uh, um, using a plastic uh, water bottle. You know, they, they, they have absolutely new concept of how this all works. And it really is kind of sad. 
that these, that these and they're usually young people who have no concept of how the world works. They want to use their cell phone. They want to be online. They want, you know, they want to work from home and, and they want to drink their water out of it. Yeah, it, it, it makes no sense. All of that stuff requires oil, petroleum products, but nobody wants to talk about it. No, they, they, they cannot see the forest for all the trees. So what have we got? We got some serious issues in this country. I think it's going to do nothing but get worse. I think prices are going to continue to rise. The price of fuel will, come, will jump. It, it could jump for any number of reasons. And it'll have a, a lot of it will have to do with where you live in the country. Uh, California, they've got, what, uh, an additional dollar, at least, in taxes attached to their, uh, their fuel sales. So instead of it being, I think I went uptown yesterday, it was a 3.59 a gallon, which is not bad for the Midwest, considering. So if you're in Illinois, which they have the same problem California does, blue states, imagine that, right? So instead of it being 3.59 here, it's probably 4.59 in Illinois, and God knows what it is in California. It's probably up around five and a half, and it's not going to get any better. We do not have the refining capacity to fulfill our demands. And we either need to change the demands or we need to build more refining uh, uh, facilities. And you're not going to be able to do that with an administration like this. You're just not going to be able to. So this problem is going to get nothing but worse over the next two years. So it'll look like for any relief anytime soon. It's not coming. Again, I'm not trying to be a downer here. I'm just trying to explain to you why this is, this is where we're at right now. So, again, to recap right quick, <laughs> so that I don't sound like a complete lunatic, 25 days. That doesn't mean we have 25 days left. That is the buffer. Don't pay any attention to the fear porn that the networks are trying to put out. They're trying to scare everyone. They're trying to scare everybody to death. That's not true. It's a buffer. But it is very serious. We do not have the capacity to refine and create the gasoline and the diesel fuel that drives this country. And that's going to be an issue. And it's going to affect every single aspect of your life. Mark my words. It already has. And, and on top of everything else, the, the, uh, uh, I forgot this one particular item. And I'm going to throw that in there. The pandemic. That didn't help either. The pandemic did not help at all. Uh, uh, some, of these, some of these refineries had to shut down. And when they did, they haven't opened back up. And a lot of them are going to shut down and not open back up. That's another issue that's coming. That's, that's, that's a completely different, a separate issue. But at the end of the day, that's the problem. Okay? All right. Well, all I can say, folks, is be sure and vote tomorrow. Get out and vote. Follow this. Kind of keep track of it, see where we stand, and let's hope for the best. We're going to plan for the worst, but hope for the best. I think there's going to be mass chaos. I really do. I think this is going to go on possibly for weeks. There's going to be certain races that will, they, they will claim are so close that they're too close to call. There will, be, there will be attorneys involved. It's going to be a damn mess. It really is. So don't expect anything tomorrow. Um, I, I, I think I mean, you'll know some of the races because some of them they don't care about. But at the end of the day, who controls Congress may still be up in the air. I don't know. Let's hope not. Uh, anyway, that's all I got right now, and I'll be right back with the news. If you think he's crazy, then what do we consider the rest of the world? 
You're listening to the Average Joe podcast with Damon Gilbert. All right, I got the first first uh, first item I wanted to talk about today was that Elon Musk is endorsing Republicans. Can you believe that, Mister? I I don't know how this is going to work out for him. I don't know if he's completely insane, or if he's just he's so arrogant he thinks he can get away with this. Look, folks. He's endorsing Republicans. Right now, there's a Democrat in the White House. Where do you think he gets all his money from? For his projects? For everything he does? Where he's gotten it all along? It's from government subsidies. It, it really is. I mean, he, he made an electric car. whoop de doo You know, everything he said that he was going to do, he has not done. He, he, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, self-driving cars, where are those at? Self-driving trucks, where are those at? I mean, I could, you know... There's a laundry list of things that he hasn't done. He's endorsing Republicans. That is a slap in the face to every Democrat who has signed off on subsidies to back up his, his, his crazy projects. I, I don't know what's going to happen. This is, the, this is incredible what's going on. And I agree with what he's doing at Twitter. I really do. We're finding out all kinds of things that have shenanigans that have been taking place in Twitter. We'll get into that here in just a second. Oh, let's see. The number two, we, uh, Trump and Biden are both warning of consequences if if the uh, the wrong party gets in power. Uh, Biden's not doing quite as good of a job of it. He's stumble mumbling along, but Trump Trump is right. At, he, he's straight. He's straight up telling exactly what it is. If the if the Democrats get back in power, all is lost for the most part. I don't know that this country can survive this again. Your life. Your children's lives will change dramatically if we do not take back at least a portion of the government. And I know Republicans are nobody to to be proud of. They're all they're as corrupt as they come too, but they're not as corrupt. It's kind of like when you've got a a, a jerk or or a a guy on your team that's complete horse's ass. You know, he may he may get in people's faces. You know, really piss them off. I've, I've played with guys like this. And he's, they're the kind of people you, you prefer to have on your team. That's what I'm saying. He's on our team. That, that, that's who you want. But I, I tell you, in, in, this, in this particular uh, atmosphere, as far as politics are concerned, we are on the cusp of a lot of bad stuff. We really are. I, even with the best and the brightest, I don't know how long it would take to get out of this mess we're in. It, it's really kind of sad. It, it, it makes me really feel i don't know that I, I i don't know is it going to take a decade to get out of this i mean i, I think trump's going to run again and if he gets in office can we solve it in four years i don't know i don't know if you can or not uh let's see speaking of that speaking of some of the uh, uh things that are going on that are the fault of the, the democratic party we've got immigrants pouring across the border and I, I thought this was a, 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 a mistake, but I looked it up. It's being quoted and printed in several different places. 6,200 per day are coming across the border and entering the United States. 6,200 per day. Folks, that's a lot. I, I, I don't know that the country can, can handle that. And we're not even talking about that. We're not, we're not even bringing that up. This administration doesn't even want to talk about it. They dismiss that as some kind of a wild conspiracy theory. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
anybody that would vote Democratic right now, if, if you know of anyone that would vote Democratic, you need to just basically put them aside. You need to dismiss them and kind of move them kind of out of your lives, I think, to some degree. I'm not saying you have to cut off all contact, but your life will be a lot better without that, without this kind of headache. It really will. That's in my opinion. That's my opinion. And I've done it. I've done it. I've, I've, I haven't ostracized them. I haven't, but I'm, I've set them aside. We don't talk about things like we used to. And a lot of it's family and friends, acquaintances. You cannot tell me that you could vote Democrat looking at the way the world is today. And, and I know they try to blame it on, oh, well, Trump screwed it up. So it, that's nonsense. You've been in power for two years. You've had control of the House and the Senate, and you still screwed it up. So no, that's not, an, that's not a valid argument at any level. It's just not. Oh, no. Speaking of the idiot in charge, Biden said, to, uh, I think it was over the weekend, he said, no more drilling. He says, there is no more drilling. We're not going to have that. We're not going to have that. He said that today, or, or this weekend. No more drilling. He, he, he was arguing with a lunatic lefty in his uh, audience. Somebody who <laughs> says we haven't gone far enough to do away with fossil fuels. And Biden goes batshit on him and explains to him, yeah, I have. I, we're not having any more drilling. And on top of everything else, the other day he said coal-fired plants. Coal-fired plants. He says, we're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar power. That's what he said. And that is an absolute quote. And then uh, Jean-Pierre comes out and says that he was misquoted, that people interpreted his words incorrectly, and we apologize for these. It, it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. What do you mean you misinterpreted it? I'm going to read it again one more time so that you, you can understand where I'm coming from. It says, we're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar power. He was referring to coal-fired plants. How do you misinterpret that? I, I mean, these people are beyond belief. They really are. They're, they're, I, we are in some serious problems here. We, we really are. And we have got no one at the helm. We're the Titanic. We're just, we're just, we're, we're, we're sailing around in circles. No one's at the wheel. They're really not. And there are, there are icebergs everywhere. Uh, let's see. Up Chuck Todd. You know who I'm talking about? Chuck Todd. Uh, I believe he's on Face the Nation. I, I think he is. I don't watch any of those programs anymore. They're worthless to watch. They are a complete and total waste of time. They are nothing but propaganda for the left. That's all they do. Uh, meet the Press, Face the Nation. Uh, uh, I think Stephanopoulos does something on, on uh, ABC. It's absolutely horrendous. I used to watch these things religiously on Sunday morning. Not anymore. They've gotten to the point where you, they're, they're unwatchable. And, and his ratings, the ratings of them, uh, reflect that. But he said the other day, he said, uh, he says, along with all the other uh, left lunatics, they, you know, I, need I say anymore, you know who I'm talking about. He's saying, and now this, this is a quote, we probably won't know midterm results on election night. So there's a warning right there. There's a warning right there. What we want to do, we want to do what we did in 2020. We want to stop, and this is basically what he's saying. We want to stop counting at a certain time of night when everyone's going to bed. 
They'll look at the results and say, okay, the Republicans won. They're doing real well. They, everybody goes to sleep. We make up, wake up the next morning. You check your phone. You, look, you turn on the TV. We find out we, we lost every race. That's what's going to happen. They're going to bring in just enough votes to steal these elections. That's, that's exactly what he's telling you right here, that we won't know midterm results on election night. He's warning you ahead of time. Yeah. Upchuck's one of the, one of the biggest uh, purveyors of this. I have no respect for him whatsoever. Uh, let's see. Musk says verification blue check marks were being sold. Now, I want you to hear this. Musk says verification blue check marks. You know, the little check mark that says you're verified. Uh, mainly, it's all, um, all high-powered people, uh, a lot of mainly Hollywood people, that kind of thing. They get their little check mark that says, oh, yeah, they're verified. Well, here's the interesting thing. Musk says the verification blue check marks were being sold by Twitter employees behind the scenes, folks, for up to $15,000 per. Okay, now he comes out, fires half the, the staff because they were losing $4 million per day, Twitter was. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Selling these. Selling these. Yeah. And nobody seemed to have a problem with that. So I, I would say that Twitter was the, I guess, the ground zero for corruption in the United States. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, let's see. Oh, yes. This, uh, there, was a, there was a woman who worked at uh, Twitter. Her name is Shinanu Lee or Lou. She was a data, uh, again, I don't know what this means. She was a data science manager, whatever the hell that is. I don't know what that is. But she worked at Meta before she joined Twitter in January. Okay. Now, she was one of the 3,700 people who were cut loose. Now, they weren't fired. They were given two months severance pay. So, technically, they still work for Twitter. So, they've been given their 60-day notice. And then, at the end of that two months, they're going to be gone. But, but they, they are still getting paid. And they are still part of Twitter. I think their insurance still works. But she's saying that she was discriminated against because she's pregnant. She's six months pregnant. So according to her, she's going to see him in court. Well, that may very well be. But what you're telling me is that you cannot fire someone who's pregnant? I don't think that's the way the world works. Just because you're pregnant, you can't fire them because they are pregnant. But if they come in and shoot the place up with a gun, I think you'd probably get canned, right? Or if you come in and you steal data or you, or you uh, uh, help the competition out, you get caught walking out of the... Uh, the, the uh, facility with a computer. You know, there are reasons to fire people. And in a layoff situation, it's usually based on seniority or on your, pro your production numbers. I, I think this is just ridiculous. This is the kind of crybabies these people are. I, I mean, Twitter employees must have been the worst to be around. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Oh, speaking of the worst to be around. Uh, Pence, you remember him, the, uh, the uh, vice president? He's warning against, now get this. This, this, guy, this guy worked for Trump, which, again, in my opinion, Trump made a huge mistake hiring this guy as, to be vice president. Worst mistake he could have made. He is quoted as saying, 
that he's warning unprincipled populists of the GOP are Putin apologists for not supporting endless war in Ukraine. Have you ever heard anything so ridiculous in your life? This guy's this guy's talking about running for uh, the presidency in 2024, and he has the audacity to call the GOP anyone who doesn't agree with with supporting this endless war. This is the same this is the same uh, kind of story that uh, Bush tried to use for his invasion of Iraq in, 20, in 2003. It was an effort to protect democracy, and that's what Pence is saying. If we don't go to war with Russia, and we don't hold off Putin, that we are allowing democracy to fail. That's what he's saying. The guy's a damn lunatic. He really is. So, um, next story. And I know I could go into that. I could talk about that for weeks. But I'm at 44 minutes and 53 seconds. I got to get this done. Uh, the governor, uh, the government is still raging war on Americans' military vets. They're painting them as extremists and potential domestic terrorists. Uh, the threats because they may be disgruntled, disillusioned, or suffering from the psychological effects of war. Folks, they even have an operation named for it. It's called Operation Vigilante Eagle. Vigilant, no, Vigilant Ant Eagle. It's, it's, it's an operation that's being uh, headed by the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI. They are literally going over veterans who have put their lives on the line for the federal government. That's the kind of lunacy we're looking at right now in the federal government. You're going after the very people who are probably the most patriotic on the planet, and they actually are waging a war against these people. Folks, that alone makes me, I believe that hurts my soul to hear that. I think part of my soul dies, died when I read this story. It just, it hurts so bad that the powers that be, these evil, horrible, horrible people, are, are actually going after people who put their lives on the line. And, and, these, and these politicians know nothing about that. They're all chicken hawks. That's all they are. It's pathetic. I'm, 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 I'm embarrassed to be an American. After I read that, that, that story. I really am. Uh, and speaking of embarrassments, New York Democrat Governor uh, uh, Kathy Hochul, she, she really did say this. She said it's a conspiracy that violent crime is rising. Now, I don't know what kind of lunacy, what kind of drugs this woman's taking. Now, while there are murders are actually down fourteen percent in the uh, uh, in New York, I, I will give you that. But all other violent crime is up thirty three percent. I mean, it's gotten so bad. An an MSNBC uh, uh, gal even even gave her a hard time about this. She even said, "Look, we can't we can't we can't go we can't go shopping. We can't go into a uh, a drugstore. Everything's locked down because of the uh, uh, shoplifting." You can't go on the subway. People do not feel safe. I mean, just the other day, there was a 43-year-old woman who was jogging early in the morning. She was raped, raped by a guy who has been arrested 18 times. And this woman, the New York Democratic governor, the one that took over for uh, 
uh, Numnuts Cuomo. This woman's never been elected, by the way. That was an appointed position, so she's never been elected. She had the audacity to say that it's a conspiracy theory to believe that violent crime is rising. So in other words, don't believe your lying eyes. Believe me. That is the kind of lunacy that the Democratic Party is just, it's off the charts anymore. It really is. I couldn't believe that. So anyway, I want to get this over with. Uh, Folks, be very careful. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. I'm going to do a a podcast early in the morning, hopefully. And we'll see. We'll, We'll talk again Wednesday. I hope the world doesn't end between now and then. I really do. I hope that everything's settled, and I hope it goes according to plan. I I have my doubts, so there's that. Okay? Uh, It's November 7th, and uh, Joe Biden is the worst and the most despicable president in American history. Let's go, Brandon. As always, thanks for listening to The Average Joe Podcast. Be sure to check out our website at www.averagejoenation.media and follow us on social media. Remember, if you haven't told all your friends, you're wrong.